I hope your day is going well. I'm just Joni. Thank you for joining Homegrown Health today, where I'm going to talk about stepping into my own personal light, my own personal power before we get to Dell Big Tree. Those of you who do not know who Dell Big Tree is, I suggest you look up thehighwire.com. He has a pretty interesting Wikipedia profile, but we all know that that's not entirely accurate and believable by the powers that be, whoever the they people are writing that. Uh, Dell is someone that um, I've been around for several years, since about 2016, following his work, um, knowing the people on his team who work with him, uh, having other colleagues who have worked with Dell Bigtree, and uh, you're in for a different side of Dell today. You're in for a, a really empowering, different aspect, and I think it's quite appropriate that when I decided to release this episode, Right now we are in the um, full moon, or new moon rather. It's a solar eclipse, new moon energy. Saturday, April 30th is when I'm recording this. You may get it a few days later, but under the power of this um, intense energy, um, spiritually and astrologically and even atmospherically, I really started to feel this conviction Um, in listening to this really great recording from a a teacher of mine, Liana Shanti. She is an amazing, oh my gosh, I can't even begin to to, um, describe what her work and the amount of healing it has brought to my life. Um, Her work on mother wound, father wound, core wounding, inner children, um, inner child work, and also healing from narcissistic abuse has profoundly impacted my life in such an expansive and exponential rate. I am just so grateful to her and all of the ways that she has dedicated her life to helping other people empower themselves to really get a grip and get a hold on unconditional love. Many of us have not received that. Most of us have not received that um, growing up and learning how to make that transition in coming home to yourself and shining the light that you're here to shine in connecting with your purpose and your mission. It has profoundly and utterly changed my life. And that is what I'm sharing with you today. Homegrown health has taken many turns over the years. And I have often, in recent, recently in the last year in particular, you know, I, I had recommitted to relaunching the show in 2018. And then, you know, I started to let fear settle in. I started to be more silent because I thought to myself in a very, and this is ego and false humility, I started to think to myself, what does it matter? What does my voice matter? I've been a voice in media. I've been a voice on air. I have made mistakes publicly, openly. I've made mistakes privately, personally. I have shared so much of my life that what more could I possibly share? Well, it's the things that really matter that I should be sharing that I was refraining from sharing. The the last bits of me that, I'm going to get emotional here, is truly something that I've not even said out loud, but to a very few select people. Is it my job to be vulnerable with every single human being on the planet? No. And it has not been an exercise of healthy boundaries to do so for me. But all of the things that I hold truly near and dear to my heart, truly personal is where my power lies 
It's where I have not shared those things out of fear, fear of rejection, fear of repercussion, fear of um, ridicule. But these are the things that have the most energy and the most power in them. And it's the thing that's kept me more silent. It's the thing that's kept me not as open and expansive, especially when it comes to this podcast, which I love dearly. This podcast, in so many ways in my life, came to me and I want to say saved my life in many different chapters. This was a way for me to have a voice, to say the things that really mattered to me, to say the things that really felt like I was sharing something with people that was helpful. And I know that every time I do an episode and the feedback I get, I know it's helping others. And that to me is one of the greatest feelings of being in true service to the divine, to being in service to humanity and sharing all the light that I've, I've gathered over the years, over my lifetime. And being able to share that, it gives me no greater joy than to see that people choose their own healing as a result. And yet I still let fear keep me from sharing the things that I know I'm here to share. And so, you know, right now I I was in the bathtub. (laughs) I got a towel. I'm sitting in a towel and my hair is in a towel. Right now was the urgent feeling that I had to share absolutely all of this with you. Right now. How many times can I say right now in a sentence, right? (laughs) So this act of not saying anything and and being and remaining silent, thinking that who cares? What does it matter? Other people probably don't care. And the fear of doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Hearing that voice right in my head of like not sharing these things because other people are doing it and they're doing it better and they're doing it because they're from a more healed place. All of those things. These are things that I talk to my clients about, my natural health coaching clients. I talk to them about their own empowerment and tell them these things. And it dawned on me like today years old, today right now, that I was not doing that with this podcast. And I felt hypocritical and I felt shameful. And I'm like, I don't have time to tank my vibration, tank my frequency, tank my energy, and start getting into shame and guilt and fear. Those are the lowest things that I could be in. That's the lowest vibration that I know I can dwell in. And so in not sharing my light, in not sharing the things that are really happening in my life, in not sharing all of the tips and health tips and encyclopedia of things that I have committed to my memory that are in the fiber of my cellular beingness, Everything that I have learned that really help people, I'm not entirely sharing with you right now on this podcast, and I'm going to make a commitment to do so because it is one of the ways that I have access and I have expanse and I feel free and open and excited about to bring this stuff to this podcast. And it's, it's just been so revolutionary to me that I have chosen to be more silent than not. And I didn't realize that it was fear for that reason. It's false humility, which is ego, which I'm learning to 
completely uh, become an obliterate and get into right relationship with. And that's its own soul journey in and of itself. And it's um, been many years coming and I'm still healing. Right. So like what I share is a piece of my journey in hopes that it will help you. And at the same time, knowing that there are some very practical and applicable tips that have I have utilized in my life that have worked really well in keeping myself and my children healthy. And that was how I started this podcast. That was what I wanted to share. And it started to take this turn. And I, I know you have heard this before, especially if you've been with me since 2012, that this whole podcast, my whole life started to take these turns for how the emotional health affects my physical health, how my spiritual health affects my physical health, how impacts from the world around us impacts my health, impacts my process. And, and, it, and it will for you too. That's the thing. We're, we're all human here. We're, we don't escape this experience, but we can choose what we want to think and how we want to feel and we can choose what we want to do with it. And I know for me, one of my greatest fears was not truly living life while I was here. While I am here to embrace the life that I've been given on this beautiful planet with all of the, my teacher calls it the prison planet, with all of the the evil that does exist, right? The darkness that we know exists, child trafficking, human trafficking, um, the the raping of the soil of the earth, the, the control over the food supply, all of the things that we know exist, yet we choose, yet we choose. And so I choose today to share this with you. And I choose today under the beautiful energy of the solar eclipse new moon to take action and make a different choice and not to squander my light, not to sit on it anymore, not to share the things that make me feel free that I know will help other people, but to actually share them openly, honestly, and just put it out there because it's better than doing nothing. And it's better than contributing to to darkness. That word still makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but it's certainly true and it certainly does exist. And that is mine to heal. And I, uh, whatever, however it makes you feel is yours to heal. So here we are in this space together. And I am committing to sharing these things more consistently and making it more of a priority. And for that, I, I have to give my, my sponsors so much thanks for their unwavering commitment and belief in the show and belief in me as a human to share these things. And pomaferra.com is my A number one and has been since 2018 supporter of sharing the messages that I have to share that are non-toxic much like their product, <laughs> pomaferra.com. I'm going to go off into my telling you all about that right now. So pomaferra.com. It is a beautiful healing body oil and facial serums. They, they make their products right here in Iowa. They manufacture the hedge apples here in Iowa, hiring Iowans. And this hedge apple, this massive green warty looking apple, um, that people think, you know, 
mythologically has some kind of tie to, you know, getting rid of spiders or warding off mice. It does not. <laughs> I mean, maybe the placebo effect, the biology of belief might help. Just your belief in that thing to ward off the spiders gives the, the message to the spiders like, hey, yo, back off. But um, this, the it's the seeds on the inside where the magic lies. And when Todd Johnson and Pomifera, his company, decided to test that and do some really awesome clinical trials, it has helped many people. There's lots of testimonials with contact dermatitis, um, things like eczema, things like um, hyperpigmentation of skin, wrinkling, the dryness of skin. I mean, this is one of the most emollient oils you can put on your body. And um, I need to take a trip up there to back to their facilities because it's it's been, it's been a year or two, two years now. And um, it's just quite amazing to see what one man how he has co-created with the universe a dream that he dreamed into being. And I have a huge amount of respect for how he did that. I have a huge amount of respect for how he connects and sees his purpose in this world and goes after it. And nothing is more inspiring to me than that, really. Watching people get after it. <laughs> I just... I, I love it. It lights me up. And um, I his story is beautiful. I, I love his book. Todd Johnson from Pomifera has a book, um, Over the Hedge or Beyond the Hedge. I, I have to get it. I don't have it near me. I have moved and I don't even have my books unpacked yet. Um, but reading excerpts from his book might be something I incorporate into Homegrown Health here because uh, just the sheer expanse of his desire to do amazing things in this world is inspiring. So pomifera.com, check out their products, check out the, the healing oil. It is not something that I have been without in my life since 2018, and I absolutely love it. I get my facials with it um, when I get facials, <laughs> when I do massages. I uh, need to get some bulk orders going <laughs> because... It is my skin just soaks it up and I love it and I love how it makes me feel and I love its its energy. So pomifera.com, check out uh, that and I love their rose oil and their vitamin C serum as well. Those are two really important things that I use um, daily in my healing regimen for my face, for my skin. And that's something I do get a lot of comments on when... I see people and they say, you're just glowing. And I believe that true health comes from the inside out. You cannot, I think, have radiant, awesome skin without first taking great and wonderful care of your body. I have a show that I'm going to do on the detox that I recently did. Um, not only a detox, but just a complete lifestyle switch. And there were things I was already doing from this 66-day program. And what ended up happening was... The few tweaks that I made with the amazing information that's in this program, learning to use food as medicine, food as detox protocol, utilizing food to pour life into my cells and the nutrients into my body that then allows my body to not only release toxins that are stored up, but allows my body to release parasites, eggs, creepy crawly things of unknown origin and sorts, all sorts of things that I I can't even begin to uh, share with you the things that have come out of my body and I will refrain at this moment because you're not fully prepared to hear it. <laughs> I also um, will be doing a future show on parasites and worms and all of the creepy crawlies that most people do not like to acknowledge that are in their body but actually are 
and contributing to real disease, disease and disease and sickness. And, um, you know, it's better to not be ignorant. It's better to face it full on and say, okay, I know these things exist. I know that they're in every human body, but I'm going to go on my journey and see what the heck's in mine. And expelling those is probably one of the greater joys of my life. <laughs> like really for real. So without getting into too much detail, um, just be forewarned that there is going to be a future show to talk about these things at length and ad nauseum, pun intended. And we will, uh, we will explore those things and how it contributes to sickness in your body um, in, a, in a near future show. That being said, energetically and emotionally, when those things get expelled from your body, it is amazing how much better you feel, how much more is open to you, how much stronger your intuition becomes. And that is exactly what I, I had experienced on this cleanse. And I, I, I resist to call it cleanse entirely because... It is actually, you know, it's a program that, yes, helps kind of reset your body, helps you establish um, healthier habits, and gives you actual recipes and practical ways to incorporate true baseline, foundational, food is everything health. The way maybe you've always felt like it needed to be, but haven't known where to look. And that is the thing that I kept chasing after, right? I, every diet I tried, every lifestyle change I tried, every, you know, fad thing that's out there that I would bandwagon, that I would jump on, because as a health coach and as a person in the natural health realm, it was like, I felt like, hey, I don't know about that. I'm going to give it a try. Hey, I, I know I share these things with other people. Um, if they ask me about it, I was willing to make my myself my own experiment. And in doing so, I've seen a lot of fluctuations in my health, a lot of fluctuations in my body. But everything in me kept pulling me right back to whole foods, plant-based eating, period. Every time I went off that track, I would end up back at that track. And so this was just such an answer to prayer for me and my body. It was such a blessing because it was like I just had to make a few tweaks in the things that I already intuitively knew to do. And once I did that with some of this guidance, it was like toxic weight started just falling off. I've lost 35 pounds. And I think there's still more to lose in the realm of toxicity because so much has been stored up. If you add up the toxicity of, of exposure, accumulation, accumulative exposure, where does that go? Where does the exposure go? If it's not affecting your brain or a major organ and you're not having a seemingly total health crisis right now, where does it go? They store up in your fat cells. It stores up in your tissues. How do you release that? There is not one health school that I've been to, not one practitioner that I've been to who knows how, to, who has done that without prescribing a ton of supplements, a ton of expensive protocols and telling you how to use food to do it. Not a single one. And I know a lot. And that bothered me. It bothered me that thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of supplements and uh, are being used. <clears throat> and can they help? Absolutely. I'm not going to knock on my friends who use these protocols. However, is it the baseline answer? Because really, truly is being tied to supplements the rest of your life, like, I mean, thousands of dollars of supplements, like so much, is, is that really, that did not feel free to me. That did not feel freeing. I was like, 
there's got to be a better answer in food. And I, I know about the soil depletion in food. I know why we have to supplement. I still supplement. But the amount of supplements and protocols and like that I have cut back on and I've been able to give myself that kind of the baseline things that we need to, that we absolutely have to have to supplement. And you can go on above and beyond for your health and tailor it to whatever your needs are, whatever you desire to work on. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like thousands of dollars of supplements, hundreds of dollars per reorder, constantly being tied to these supplements, believing that you cannot be free in your health without doing these specific things like that felt very because it was also the the quality of the supplementation that's being pushed by different companies who are also a lot of them have ties to pharmaceutical companies so it's like the quality of the ingredients that are being used not food based totally synthetic so it was like yeah the protocol might be helping one thing but what problem am i causing with the other by using these supplements that is right another exploration for another show but I wanted to share where I am with you. I wanted to share my process and how my silence and my not committing. It's not that I haven't wanted to do weekly shows. It's been that I have been like, what's the point when everybody else is talking about these things, right? For instance, Del Big Tree. Why do I need to do a show? <laughs> on the state of the world and uh, the information and ingredients in COVID vaccines and the corruption of the government and the corruption of governments worldwide when he is doing an absolute amazing, fantastic, millions and millions of viewers worth. Why do you need me to repeat the same information you can get from him? That was where I was getting stuck in speaking up and speaking out. Granted, that being said, my voice is not his voice and his voice is not my voice. So I know that I can deliver things to whoever I'm attracting as an audience. I know that I can bring these things to you in a way that maybe resonates better with you or, or you know, I don't know, has a different delivery method. But the information remains the same and I think he's doing a fantastic job. And I love sending listeners and people who are texting me, DMing me, asking me, emailing me, asking me for, you know, the latest information or the best advice. I love being able to say, hey, yo, go check out Dell. Like, if you do not know who he is, go subscribe. Go check out who he is. Go look at the in-depth reporting that he has. He has a fantastic team who is working on this nonstop. And I, I love being able to to have resources available that I truly believe in and that I truly believe are doing good in the world and sharing light and spreading light and spreading the, the message of Jesus's love. Like that is so amazing to me. I am just, I'm just grateful. That's his light. I acknowledge his light and I love his light and it's very tangible. It's very feelable when you're in his presence. The weekend, uh, the first weekend in April is when we got to spend some time together. EP True Chiropractic is a, a space up in Des Moines, Iowa. Dr. Kevin Miller uh, and the other doctors on his staff have been people that I met a few years ago at um, some conferences that I attended up there. And we always just end up finding our way back to each other. There's a, there's a resonance there. There's uh, something that 
we feel very strongly about in helping empower others with education and teaching people about their bodies so they can make educated choices. And it's just been um, a real pleasure in getting to know the process. Um, Dr. Kevin went through a, a court battle and took it all the way to the Supreme Court um, when his children um, and he went through a divorce and when his children were, it was like not vaccinating their children was a, a decision that he and his ex-wife made to do together. And when that, when divorce happens, crazy things happen. Oh my gosh. When you go through a divorce, suddenly all the things that you thought you and your spouse agreed on, especially it depends on who you're married to and what their narc status is. But, you know, suddenly they start going back on the things that were core values in, in the marriage and in the family and start changing their mind. And it's only to hurt the other parent, like have no have no uh, confusion about that. It's only to hurt the other parent. It's it's retaliation. It's revenge. It's coming from a wounded place, a dark wounded place, and they're harming children in the process. So in that, he was protecting his children and was able to take his case to the Supreme Court, and it was it was pretty epic. And I would, you know, I've talked with him about making time to be on the show so we can have that conversation. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be able to bring that to you at some point. We're both, um, you know, living our lives and doing what we need to do. But Kevin's story is really, is really very interesting. And I've had sh- stories like that on the show in, in years past. I mean, 2012 was a really big year to have a lot of, I had a lot of parental rights shows, a lot of parental rights issues happening. Um, in the past shows. So um, yeah, that's his team. And he is like, I you just want people to feel educated and, and empower themselves. And he was like, there's no better person that I can think of with the latest information on all of this than Del Bigtree. So he brought him back to Iowa. I did an interview with Kevin. They had me up there and I got to sit with Del again and have some conversations with him. And this time we got to record them. Most of the conversations, I think the most interesting conversations I have with Del aren't recorded, but I asked him, he was hitting on some really amazing like topics on parenting and topics on, you know, being in the world, the way that we approach this. And I could just see his light and thankfully I was able to record it. And that's what you're here to hear today. Del Bigtree, Go to thehighwire.com. If you want to know more about who he is, check out the movie Vaxxed. That's what launched him out of, um, you know, the space where he was an Emmy award-winning producer of shows like The Doctors. Very mainstream, um, but also with a different mission. Also with a very different purpose. And his life took a turn when he made the movie Vaxxed. And it has been going down this awesome trajectory ever since. And it's been amazing to watch. And I have a lot of respect for this man. I have a lot of respect for his protector warrior spirit. I have a lot of respect for the way that um, he steps into his masculine and says what's true and what's right and wants to share it with the world. So I uh, appreciated very much the time that we got to spend in the little hotel room having this conversation and I'm sharing it with you now here on Homegrown Health with Del Bigtree. All right, I want to bring Del in to talk more about what he has learned about the immune system. Now, if you watch The High Wire every Thursday, you're going to get more scientific-backed information than you're ever going to get tenfold on your local nightly news. 
Now, we've had more than a year now mm-hmm. of this mRNA jab agenda yeah. worldwide. What are the top three things that you would share with the world? And I want to say post-COVID, but I know we're not there yet mm-hmm. because that's part of the plan. What things would you share with the world about this? Well, um, I mean, number one, I think that what I want to share with everyone out there that listens to me is that um, there's a reason this pandemic happened. And I, and I mean, a really cosmic positive uh, reason. You know, I when I look at this pandemic and what took place, you know, as you know, I've been traveling long before COVID. 2016 VAX came out. Since that moment, I've been traveling to state capitals. I've been standing on stages all over the world, really, trying to warn people that vaccines are not being properly safety tested. They're not what we think they are. Uh, They're not uh, reducing illness, if anything. They're increasing chronic illness in children all across this country and around the world. And that audience was growing. And I think it was growing in in a way that was really problematic for the medical establishment. You know, I'm not alone. Uh, you know, yeah. there's many great voices out there. Sherry Tenpenny, Jim yes. Mikevitz, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. I mean, I could go on and on, and I'm sure, you know, some will be frustrated I didn't mention them. And But the point being <laughs> that all of us speaking for the last several years yeah. was seeing an increase from hundreds in an audience to, th- you know, maybe a thousand or two. This pandemic has taken this conversation, you know, I would say when we were traveling with Vax, we would say when this movie started, about three to five percent of people were not vaccinated. Maybe ten percent of the population would be said to be questioning vaccines or vaccine hesitant, maybe skipping a vaccine. Through this pandemic, that has just been skyrocketing. We're in a place now where I think the last poll says that 58 percent of Americans do not agree with this COVID vaccine program. Um, there's a, There was a poll done, um, I want to say, is it here? Was it in Iowa? I think just recently that showed they asked people, you know, and this is a huge, important voting space, right? It it really is is that slice of America. What does Iowa think? And uh, the approval for a mandated vaccine program is dropped down to something like 34, 38%, I forget the exact number, but under 40%, down from like 69% approval prior to COVID. So what I want to say is that is positive. That means, and, and you know, I, I, when I'm on stages, I talk about there's something much bigger happening here. And I think that there's a spiritual side to this. And so Absolutely. this is an awakening. And I've been saying it's a birth. Birth yeah. is tumultuous. It's terrifying. It's scary. But on the other side of it is something very beautiful. It's I think a rite of being, passage it in is. a weird way. I you think know? this is a, is, a, is a moment that we're giving birth to a better and brighter future. So I want to make that clear. Now, aside from that, I think this vaccine is dangerous. I think it's the, I think I can honestly say of all the vaccines I've looked at, this is a brand new technology. It is absolutely, utterly terrifying what it's doing inside of the bodies of those that have received it. We are seeing more and more studies uh, every day of new autoimmune diseases, new problems with cancer. Aphasia is now a conversation this week because Bruce Willis is now telling us I may not be able to speak in a right. you know short period of time. And the who the ever, hair loss. Who the, had ever thought of that, right? right of course, the, the, the energy the, loss. The, the energy loss, the mitochondria destruction, the heart diseases, the cancer. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really... Uh, unbelievable and so on that level I would say to people though we feel like this is we're behind we're through this yeah. we want the sense that it's going away Tony Fauci said two days ago be prepared there may be restrictions in our future Geert van den Bosch who you know I really um, I really think of all the people when you talk about the immune system yeah. and you said you know what have I learned I think I've learned more from him 
than anyone I have ever spoken to in my entire journey of science and medicine. And I will tell you that there are world-renowned doctors and scientists, those that have been working with autistic children, uh, are functional medicine doctors that came up and said to me, I did not even know that was true about the innate immune system until you had Geert Ben and Bosch on. And so (laughs) we're all learning something in this. Uh, But we have a lot of work to do. I think over the next few years, I continue to believe we're going to see one of the largest uh, human die-offs of in the history of mankind you know that when I when my family got vaccinated it was a it was a huge issue because I had a big conversation with them before mm-hmm. um, begging them yeah. you know not to trying to inform them and I posted things all over Facebook trying to you know give information to people so they could have resources available guys like even James Lyons Weiler I just he's so brilliant he's mm-hmm. t- he was you know talking about pathogenic priming before I even yeah. you know heard of it and you talked about that today during the educated event here in Des Moines yeah. And he, um, you know, when they went ahead and, and did that, I've, there's definitely been a separation. And you grieve the loss of what you know is to come. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, for our health, something that we need to continuously do, um, paying attention to our emotional health through this. Yes. So our physical health stays stays at its prime. And, and we were talking last night about the um, next question, uh, the... Um, lifestyle of people who choose not to get this mm-hmm. and you said it's not like they're eating doritos and right. you know they were more likely to drink bottled water yeah. spring water and yeah. eat organic foods just to keep our immune system up and up and um i wanted to speak to you about that a little bit and have you share a little bit more about what you have learned how to keep the solution for the immune system going yeah well, what I was saying is, you know, one of the arguments when we were talking last night, one of the arguments that the the, the pro-medical, the, the Paul Offits of the world, as you know, we met with the heads of NIH, uh, Bobby Kennedy yep. was invited by Donald Trump back in 2017. So that was an incredible pinch-yourself moment where I was literally <laughs> sitting right across from Tony Fauci, yeah. uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. next to me, sitting across from Francis Collins, about 10 other people. and. They all said the same thing when we were asking, why can't you do a comparative study of the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated? If just if, if truly, if the vaccinated are healthier, yeah. your databases will show that. I mean, we will shut up. I mean, this has been the case. You know, both Bobby and I have said, yeah. I will shut up. Show me a study that proves that vaccinated children live longer and are healthier and have less autoimmune disease, less cancer, less autism, less Tourette's, less lupus, you know, multiple sclerosis, right. asthma, you know, all of these things that are plaguing our children that are on an incredible rise. Show me that unvaccinated have just as many of those problems or even worse since vaccines was making them healthier and I'll go away. I got nothing left to say. Right. So they know that that is possible. They do that study with almost every other product they take. Yes. Why not this one? And I was saying last night, because in their minds, it's not just, there's no, you have confounding issues, right? Which is, for instance, um, you could say that alcohol causes cancer, right? If you looked, if you took most alcoholics and then took their rate of cancer versus someone that doesn't drink right. drink alcohol, right. you would say they have higher rates of cancer. And so you could conclude that alcohol causes cancer. Only one issue, what you didn't pay attention to is alcoholics tend to be bigger cigarette smokers. Right. And so that's a confounding issue, yeah. right? That is something that you have to look at saying, but there's this other natural, you know, uh, co-event that's taking place in those types of people. Right. And so then further research, you want to move those things out and what they discover is actually it's the, the cigarette smoking that's raising the cancer risk. Well, the same thing is true with health. You know, one of the what things that they say is we cannot do a comparative study because 
the unvaccinated are doing many different things that make them healthier. They're not just not vaccinating. They're drinking, like I said, bottled water everywhere they go. Their kids eat organic food. They never eat pesticide, glyphosate-covered food, at least wherever they can help it. Yeah, yeah. They're probably not walking through the airport scanner. They're either, you know, you know, getting the body pat-downs. and. Hey, that's know, the all, most fun I've correct, had in a while. I, that's I what cons- I tell them. I consider a free massage. I, you know, that's I thank right. the TSA very much. It was nice to get some hands Appreciate on me. Appreciate that. Thanks you know, for the I was feeling lonely. <laughs> um, but you know, and there's a point to that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a scientific argument that they could never account for all the things that we're doing that make us healthy. Right. But what's so sick about it is they've decided, yes, what they're saying is we know you're healthier. Right. No doubt about it. We know that. We know that anytime we've tried to do this study, you come out healthier, but it could be for all those other reasons. So since we really care about the McDonald's eating Dorito eating Coke drinkers because there's more of them. Right, with the sad standard American diet. With the sad diet, we're going to poison you. But what do you, you know, what I think we've learned is this. I think that what's really fascinating about the immune system is number one, we are learning the the power of vitamin D. I think if there's one thing that COVID should have taught, you know, really trained anyone that uh, was aware. There are amazing studies now that show that if you have, when they do a blood test, if you have, I want to say it's 50 micrograms, is that right? Milligrams, I think it's micrograms, but whatever the percentage, look at my show where I said it's 50 something. (laughs) Uh, But there's a level at which that amount of vitamin D in the bloodstream and nobody died. Nobody had serious that had that level of vitamin D in their body. That's a, that's a fact now. Now, does it cure it? Does it? We don't know. But what we know is the existence of that level of vitamin D in the body means you are not vulnerable to this virus. That's huge. And and it's you know, huge. And even I mean, you know, and I always take it one step further. Why have to supplement if you can get outside and expose as much of your I, skin to I sun? I never wear suntan lotion. No, I never I ever have, wear sunscreen. Ever. I have been doing shows about suntan lotion since back when I was on the doctors before any of this. I never. Never, it never made sense to me. You are telling me that the enemy of humanity is the one life-giving source of the earth. Of the light, reason the, of earth, power of- the <laughs> earth exists, why yes. something can grow here, yes. is because the sun and the sun is my enemy. I'm right. sorry. And in many ways, I joke with my friends, this is the takeover of the vampires of the world, which is kind of how I see these, these medical specialists. They're yeah. trying to block the sun. Yeah. They're trying to hide, the, you know. And, well, and we're not looking yeah. at, you know, um, cultures around the equator yeah. who don't get don't get any skin cancer right right i mean right. maybe their melanin is a little bit different because it's, a, it's and by a, the way adjusted, there's been, but there's so many variables there's been no reduction in skin cancer since we use suntan lotion it's gone up it's gone up so yeah. i mean and it's, it's killing it killed the reefs it, right you know kill the it's, reefs. To, it's killing to everything else around it people are making money off of it yeah. boy they're making money off of our fear <laughs> but they're finding our bloodstream you know all of those things so vitamin d is huge I also think the mechanism that I think we've discovered, this idea that like a thing like zinc, like for a virus, mm-hmm. when we find out that zinc kills coronavirus yeah. and that taking it's great, it's moving throughout the body, but this idea that it can't get inside the cell and that there's an infected cell with coronavirus, you have to be able to open up that cell. This is where hydroxychloroquine became right, you know, really right. popular is hydroxychloroquine opens up the cell. Now we've discovered, Vladimir Zelenko was very clear about this, one of the big proponents of a uh, Hydroxychloroquine yeah. that um, quercetin does the same thing. Like yes. you can take quercetin, the vitamin bromelain, quercetin, yep. bromelain, even uh, I think you can. Uh, I've been drinking club sodas, my favorite drink now. Opens up the cell so the zinc can get in. Yeah. I think that that is a really, in many ways, a brand new discovery to medicine. At least for those of us, the, the average layperson, a lot of these doctors recognize 
we never thought about how do we get into the cell. And right. now we have developed a mechanism, and I think that's why they're shutting down hydroxychloroquine. why they're trying to shut this down, because we may have found the way that you can kill anything, Ebola, whatever it is. It was always hard to get into the cells. Now we know there's ways to open up the cell. Then you just have to find what kills it. For some diseases, it's selenium. You know, right. For other diseases, it's just vitamin C. Well, um, and, and for the opening up of the cell, it's like when we flood our body with nutrients, there's no better way for the cell to be able to detox than to do that. Right. You know, and, and we've, again, I have to remind people in the mindset with doctors is that they're not trained in nutrition. They're trained in pharmacology. Yeah. And I think this mindset shift is what we really have to make now in the yeah. realm of education with people. You know, when you think about modern medicine, someone said it perfectly. They, they said it's triage medicine, it's war mm -hmm. medicine. Mm -hmm. that, that Western medicine really is just like being in a war. That all it does is you've had your arm blown off, you know, your leg or whatever, but we are down men. How do we get you back onto the field? How do we get yeah. you back into the field of war? And that's how we treat it. Bandage it up, War paste it up, you know what I mean? Tape it together and run you back out so that you have a couple more days. That is how all of medicine in Western medicine thinks. It never says, what is the root cause of this? How do we make sure you live longer? How do we make sure this problem goes away? It never does that. It simply tries to put a band-aid on the issue and send you right back to work, right? That, that's the whole purpose of drugs. I don't want to be away from work that long. Right. I want to take the flu medication. I want to take, you know, the NyQuil at night so that I can, I want to hide the fact that I'm sick. I want to go to work sick, but I want to have the sore throat gone, so I'll take a drug to do that. Right. And so that is the problem with society. why we are really sick. And we also don't listen to our bodies, right? Nope. My dad always laughed, because my parents are very much natural health people. And he's like, all these commercials where you see the big, greasy, you know, Philadelphia cheesesteak or whatever, and the guy's grabbing his stomach, like, if I eat one of these, I'll have heartburn for days, you yeah. know, and then it's a Tums commercial, or even worse, like a Prilosec, like a yeah. proton inhibitor, which we now know is causing MRSA and all these other deadly, unstoppable bacteria problems. Yeah. But the idea that we take a drug so we can eat something, our body is clearly telling us, it hates. Don't eat. Don't eat. <laughs> don't eat it. Don't this do it. This is how crazy we've gotten. I Instead know. of saying, you know what? There's probably a reason my body's rejecting that. What I do is I shut down my body so it doesn't fight it. And that is, that's crazy. And, it, and it's that thought system that is why I think we're as unhealthy as a society as we are. I went on this 66-day uh, cleanse, and I'm, I'm still just carrying the principles that I learned through it. It's vegan, it's, you know, juicing, it's detox, and then it's just crazy good, healthy food, and mm -hmm. your whole taste buds change as a result of that, you yeah. know, and you start craving real food, and it is like an act of rebellion to eat the foods that we were designed to have. It's like, don't go out in the garden and eat that tomato. There could be a bug on it. Right. But it's like, yes, let's go to the nearest fast food restaurant right. with death energy from the animals right. you know, that we're going to just stuff our faces with. It, 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 is, it is complete crazy when you think about the blueprint of our bodies and how yeah. they were so well designed. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had a couple of more questions, sure. and I promise I will, I will let you go. Um, so you had a health scare last summer. I did. And are you willing to talk about that? Are you willing to open up? I already did on my it? show. Yeah. It's really not sexy, but I'm totally okay. open to talk about it. <laughs> I'm down. I I'm mean, down. You know, it's, it's funny that uh, I've joked about this for some time. Before I had the health scare, um, I had a tire going flat on my car, so I took it in uh, to get it fixed. And 
and the guys like come out you know I had one tire he's like I want to show you your car and he showed me the tires and we took it off and there was the wire you know the wire was showing all but not the high wire you know not the the high wire just the wire like the rubber was totally gone he's like this tire is shot you're so lucky he's like let me show you something else and all four of my tires were in that state wow right and so and he was like you are so lucky and I was thinking to myself you know one of the things about being someone like me or in this thing is like if I've blown out that tire and flew off the road and God forbid had died someone would say that the CIA killed me or something you know totally. what I mean like I've, I've reached <laughs> I've reached this odd status where there will be a controversy you know I'm, I'm at that place where is he really dead is it a lie was it the government right. all no, of that you're is on your own island right. on right. another planet so yeah. just putting that out there so when I really was having issues last year um, I thought I had COVID I couldn't walk across a room my heart was racing um I had a friend that's an ER doctor, and I don't go to doctors. I mean, I just really don't. But he was a friend, and he does also functional medicine, and he sort of plays all sides. Like, you got to go to the ER. We need to have your heart checked. So I did. I went in, and, and they had mentioned there, you know, your hemoglobin seems low. I think at that point it was like 8.8 mm. or 9 or something. And it's supposed to be 13 to yep. 15, somewhere in yep. there. I didn't know much about hemoglobin. It just isn't something I focused on. And they're like, yeah, it's low. Is there any reason, you know, you might be losing blood? I was like, well, I mean, I, I have hemorrhoids because I'm traveling a lot, and it's been an issue that's been bothering Stressful. me. And sometimes it, yeah. it bleeds. And, and they said, no, it wouldn't be that. I was like, okay. So I went on my way, and I got a COVID test while I was there, and the COVID test came back negative. So then I went on a huge, like that next week, I, I think it was in four states in five days, uh, speaking, standing on capitals, and was really just pushing it. And I thought what was happening was I was probably really stressing my adrenals. Yeah. Like I, was thinking, I, I think I have adrenal fatigue. Uh, maybe it's, you know, some form of mono. I should be really careful, you know, but whatever. I got back from that trip, and I couldn't move. I mean, I could not. And so I decided to get like a little heart, mon- like an oxygen mm-hmm. sensor, and I realized that my heart rate was like sitting, it was 95. And as soon as I walked across the room, it was about 145. Jeez. And I'm like, okay, something's That's... wrong, you know. So I put myself on a, even though they said I wasn't positive, I took hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, all these things, just thinking. And, well, and with all the false, false positives, all I mean, blackberries I mean, I'm, I'm, and blueberries right. turn positive. Exactly, They send right. in unsubmitted Correct. tests, so, right? And I felt like that worked for a few days, and then it wasn't working. I'm just taking people through, like, my process. Yeah. And luckily, my friend just kept saying, Dell, the ER isn't good enough. I want to book you with a heart doctor. And I was like, oh, I don't think that's necessary. He's like, I'm not taking no for an answer. He says, I've scheduled you, so i got to schedule an appointment. I went to the appointment, and um, he ended up uh, saying, well, let's get some blood tests. Yeah. You know. And so I got blood tests, and then I was going to do a stress test in a week. And I got a call on a Thursday morning, two days after the blood test, and he was in a panic. He's like, Dell, your hemoglobin's at 4.8. Uh, you need to get to the ER immediately. You need immediate emergency transfusions. For people out there, I think around, uh, around seven, seven and a half hemoglobin is an emergency. You need transfusion immediately. Yeah. And so I, at that point, was like, okay, weird. Why is that happening? I guess would explain why I'm feeling so fatigued. Oh, yeah. I have no blood, red blood cells carrying oxygen through my body. I'm running out. And so um, I called my ER friend and said, look, can I make sure that there's not vaccinated blood? And like, if I'm going to get a transfusion, I don't want someone that's been vaccinated to give me their blood. And so let me check. Uh, the blood bank was not tracking those things. Um, and so I was really concerned. I was like, I really don't. He's like, okay. He's like, well, lucky for you, the person I talked to at the blood bank 
They don't need to do this, but you have a rare blood type, B negative. Oh, yeah. So there's only seven donors that have, you only have seven units available uh, in Austin, Texas. So she's going to reach out and call all of those that donate to see if they've had the vaccine. Meanwhile, um, I called a friend of mine that has a clinic down in Mexico, great, you know, um, successful cancer doctor, and said, look, uh, I have this issue. I need transfusions right away. They are not monitoring whether or not people are vaccinated. Are they monitoring that in Mexico? And would you maybe be able to get me blood transfusions that were unvaccinated? Yeah. And he says, I don't know. Let me check. And so he got back to me an hour later and says, yeah, we're actually tracking that in Mexico. And Mexico has a very low vaccination rate, so there's lots of units of blood available to do that. I don't know how you're going to get to Mexico, though. I mean, and he says, where are you at? I said, 4.8. He's like, wow, that's really low, Dell. So lucky for me. Um, I'm so grateful for the position I'm in. You know, one of the, the donors that has, has been, you know, helped us out a lot offered up their private jet nice. so that I could turn around if I had to. Like right. Going to altitude, that was something that was really, a lot of people were nervous about, including my wife. I got an oxygen tank to travel with. And so um, I planned to leave, and I, but I couldn't leave that day. And really, again, just fate would have it that that small plane couldn't get into Austin and get me down to Mexico. So that night, I got a call from my friend at the ER. He said they found one unit of blood. One, one person called back and said they hadn't received the vaccine yet and that that unit is free of uh, vaccination. And so I went and got that one unit of blood, which means I went from about 4.8 to 5.8. Yeah. Which felt like I felt like a million dollars. Uh, right. I can't and tell you, can you even, even though I'm like deadly again. low. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, and so I flew to Mexico, and um, my wife was massaging me the whole way, and you know, I had oxygen going, and all of this, you know, I got in and got four more transfusions, so five total transfusions. They couldn't even do a colonoscopy until I was above ten. Yeah. It was too dangerous. It could just flatline, I guess, just from the. You know, just a procedure. And yeah. And, all that. and so in that process, sure enough, you know, I remember, you know, the doctor there said, um, you have some of the worst hemorrhoids I've ever seen. Like, how are you living with this? And she said, you know, you're, you're pre-cancerous, you're not cancerous, but you have, you know, a couple of polyps removed, but you are inflamed from your esophagus all the way through your intestinal system. Uh, they wanted to put me on all sorts of drugs for that. I was like, I don't want drugs. I just need to take better care of myself. And so um, I, I had the I had surgery to handle the hemorrhoids, which is one of the most uncomfortable surgeries imagine. there is. And I, and I will say this. I had tested. I had my te blood tested for every type of um, chemical out there and lead poisoning. And had I been poisoned, all of that was on the table. I wasn't yeah. sure. I was thinking about we had had weird circumstances where my dog had just dropped dead, a one-year-old Labrador wow. bleeding out of his nose in our backyard that like a week before I got sick. Just a lot of things like that. I have had other people say that what they think I had was plutonium poisoning and that wouldn't show up on a test. I don't know about all of that. And, and that, that perspective was if your body started dumping blood as fast as it was, it was trying to get rid of something that was yeah. trying to kill you. So I don't know. I'm not going to... You know, who knows? And there's natural ways to come in contact with those things. But all that said, I wasn't sexy. Uh, I wasn't poisoned by the CIA as far as I know. Uh, I had to let things get out of control. I was working way too hard, yep. not paying attention to my body. And, you know, and it's one of the things we all have to be careful in this battle right now. We all want to save the world and get out there and save our children. But if we don't really take care of ourselves, we're not going to be in this fight very long. And yeah. that was the realization for me. So total overhaul of my diet, 
um, total overhaul of my exercise. I mean, I'm exercising now, and it's been a gift. And um, you know, stop you know drinking. Um, just because you know all those things were as you travel. Anyone that travels, I think you know you work hard. You get that you're at the hotel alone. Yeah. Your family's not around, and it was almost like I felt like a rat, you know, in a in a test where you, you give yourself the drink. You know, for yep. me, it's a, a gin and tonic at yep. night. Like I'm a been a good boy. I've worked really hard. <laughs> yeah, I that emotional it. addiction to yeah. things that we don't realize. Yeah. We I'm pick not up. a heavy drinker. It wasn't like oh, I'm just getting plastered. But yeah. I really remember right before I got sick, or you know, that I had actually stopped drinking then, saying. I can't remember the last night where I didn't have at least one glass of wine. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not into having things controlled. Well, and then your liver can't detox the way that it's supposed to, right? And so you're just not getting those toxins out of your system. Yeah. So I feel better, younger than I have probably in 20 years. I would say I'm the healthiest I've been in as long as I can remember. I'm doing sports I was unable to do and, you know. Are you, so are you yeah. mostly plant-based right now? Mostly, yeah. My, I have a, I'm working with a dietitian that um, has been slowly, you know, taking me through different, the, the idea just being to really settle down my biome and, and, but I would requested of me to be full vegan two weeks ago, but I'll tell you, I hit Wisconsin like a week ago on tour. Oh. And it was a the food cheese. desert, like the fried <laughs> cheese capital of the oh world. And yeah. I, I really... I was so hangry, I couldn't see straight, and I finally said to the person I'm working with, like, it's too extreme, I cannot travel and pull off vegan right now. It's just, I don't have time to shop and find the meal, and the salad lasts for two hours, and then I'm starving again. Right. So I would say mostly fish right now, and I think if I ever have my schedule slow down enough, I'd be good, and I'm trying to really integrate more vegetables and plant-based. But I've got some ideas. I'll run. All right, sounds after good. This. And it's a long, <laughs> long answer, life. but there yeah, it is. No. You know, Thank uh, you I for think sharing. I've lost nearly 40 pounds yeah. now, so yeah. I feel great. Good. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm glad because that that dangerous low blood level that happened to a friend of mine, and uh, the outcome as good as yeah. yours you know and and there was that sudden blood loss or that loss of energy over time and mm-hmm. you know it was down in the fours yeah same as yours hospital i mean it's just so weird and, and when you start to hear about more and more and more of this happening yeah. you do kind of wonder what effects may be coming into contact sure. with some of the shedding yeah that you're, especially because you're uh, traveling absolutely all those things play in and you know and, and when i got through it all all the doctors working with me and i luckily i know the greatest doctors in the world you do so had, you have a great good access advice. yeah pretty good great advice database. but they all said to me man Dell, we were really nervous about you getting on that plane like mm-hmm. in fact most of them were like i was surprised you were talking to me on the phone and apparently it was because it was so slow is that you know since it was sort of a chronic problem my body learned to live with less blood but for someone, if you just drop down to that, I yeah. guess you're like almost comatose. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, especially if it's sudden yeah. like that. Yeah. So let's talk about fear a little bit. Um, yeah. You were talking about, you know, people feeling fearful in the state of the world. And yet you're here also offering hope. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about fear and helping others stay out of it? Well, fear is how they control, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's a reason why... Every great prophet, it doesn't matter whether you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, whatever right, it is, right. all said fear is, you know, is a lack of God. You've lost in touch with what really is true about your life and your experience in this world. You know, we must not fear. Yet the news, our addiction to that news is a fear machine. I worked for it. I yeah. worked for CBS. It's the easiest emotion to trigger in people. It sells advertising. It gets you to watch. Yeah. 
um, and it's easy to get your adrenaline going, but it is slowly undermining your faith in your existence on this planet. It's allowing you to make decisions that are horrific for you. Um, so we need to get out of that fear space. And, and I'll be honest, like even from our perspective, there was a moment where on the high wire, very early on in the pandemic, we were grappling with going one of two directions. Yeah. Our, you know, We had some evidence that this was a man-made virus from a laboratory in Wuhan mm-hmm. or maybe even in North Carolina. And we were looking at all of that. And, but we were also looking at this incredibly low death rate, ultimately. I don't want to you know, discount the lives that are lost, but it was really a very specific group of people over the age of 70, really even 80, that were, had four other life-threatening illnesses. I mean, it was really people, and in some ways, people that had simply survived a very mild flu season the year earlier. And this is what's interesting about it. Nature has a way of just sort of mopping up the natural cycle of things. And we had a very low death rate in that population the previous year, lower than usual. And so as it turned out, many of those folks were just living a year longer than they normally would. And so the next cold or flu was going to be very dangerous. And we happen to have a strong one. Coronavirus is a strong cold. Uh, No doubt about it. It has some odd features to it that I'm taking more and more seriously. But at that moment, we really sat as a team and said, and I said, I believe that our message should be, do not be afraid of this virus. Um, Get healthy, get your vitamin D levels up. We were celebrating hydroxychloroquine and then when ivermectin came along, there were ways to have handled this. Most people were asymptomatic, but if you were in that high risk group, there's things you could do. And when we were looking at the lab origin, I said, you know, my concern with really getting heavy into that is that makes us all afraid. If we talk about a man-made virus, then we're going to be in a place where, well, does a natural body, is it able to fight off a, a foreign man-made you know, virus that got a bioweapon, if you will. And, and so I kind of laid off of that. And, you know, I actually, people don't know this, but you, know, you talk to others and me and Mike Adams, Mike Adams would say, what are you doing? I think this virus is really deadly. And I said, I don't think it is. You know, show me your evidence. And we behind the scenes, you know, yep. great guy, nothing against him. And in some no, ways, my show was on his network right. for years. So in some ways, <laughs> so, yeah. and, I, and I said to him recently, you know, I want to, you know, we've been having it out. But in some ways you were right. This, this is proving to be oddly more problematic than perhaps I realized. But the death rate is still 0.25%. It was always 0.25%. It's a quarter of 1%, um, which I think is, does not warrant destroying civilization over but that being said, when you talk about fear, I don't like fear. And I thought that the story of a man-made virus would only make us afraid. It would make us afraid of the government and government release and make us afraid of the virus. And it would make us mask and make us do all the things they wanted us to do. And I just wasn't down with it. And, and I didn't believe in it. I wasn't going to wear a mask. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not preaching anyone. The high wire is simply an expression of me and my team and how we were going to walk through this thing, yeah. how I was walking with my kids. I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm telling you how I'm walking through yep. this. Sharing your experience. I'm not afraid of this, yep. and here's where I'm at. And so, and I think that things like, you know, our doctors being killed for speaking out or like all of these, you know, tabloid-style stories that, that are easy to t- talk about, right? And it's really salacious and everyone gets excited about it and we get our adrenaline going. It undermines us. It undermines our faith. It undermines our confidence. And so I'm not, I don't have any of that. I mean, I do talk about lab origin. I think there's ways we have to deal with these things um, now. But 
I've never been about fear and because fear is the killer. It doesn't matter if you're afraid of Tony Fauci or if you're afraid of the vaccine or if you're afraid of the coronavirus. It's all the same. It's fear. Fear ultimately ends up governing your life yeah. and not bliss and not joy and not light. Um, and that makes us unhealthy. We are not going to survive any virus in the future. And we know this. If we're not smiling, if we're not laughing, if we're not... Hugging, if you know, we're not More connecting. than vitamin D is being confident and feeling joyful and so i think that's why i try to with all the heavy information we lay yeah. out on the high wire one of my favorite things that i hear everywhere i go and people walk up as i tune in the high wire i realize i'm not alone when i do and you make me feel like there's hope yeah. and that is always going to be um the the governing you know intent of the work that we do we must always have hope uh, and with hope, anything is possible. That's why I really appreciate the messaging that you give because you do talk about light and dark. You do talk about light and staying on that side, right? Yeah. You talk about uh, making sure that you don't give in to fear. And, and people giving up their sovereignty, that's, that's this. It's the fearful choice that if they don't get this thing, if they don't get the jab, then, you know, it tanks our energy. It opens us up for all kinds of spiritual warfare, in my opinion. Yeah. And it is um, not the way we want to go. We want to no. keep that sealed right up. <laughs> And, you know, and to be honest, I mean, I'll be honest about it myself. I'm not, I don't get to decide how long I'm on this planet. Right. You right. know, I can only decide the quality with which I live. And, and this is something that I have to think about is more in my face than maybe most. You know, I realize that there's a risk with the work that I do. I realize that I am, you know, pressuring and pissing off very powerful, wealthy entities, governments, whatever it is. Um, and I have to think about my children. Like, what does yeah. this mean for my children? What yeah. happens if I don't end up, you know, making it? You know, what would that mean to my kids? And I think to myself about that. I believe we've all made a choice. I think we're all here for a reason. I feel aligned with my destiny. But when I think about my kids, I want my kids to grow up no matter what, how long I'm here, whatever ends up being the case. I want them to think my dad spoke his truth he was never afraid of anybody right. or anything he stood in his truth he enjoyed it he lived life he laughed he had a good time uh, because no matter what I say to my kids how I carry myself and how I represent I think is what is going to affect their lives you know and obviously I don't want to leave my wife out of this she's there's no way I'm doing this without her I tend to be eye-centric, and she points that out a lot. Um, <laughs> well, let's give her some love right here on the show, because I, I think yeah. about her often, yeah. like, you know, how she deals with um, you being gone so much, yeah. how the kids handle that, you know, how um, even just, you know, how they deal with some of the, I don't know, headline stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got to be weird. I mean, it's got to be know, weird, like, right? You know, I ask my kids once in a while, and they're great. My daughter's eight, my son's 13, and, you know, they're... I'm obviously a loud person. It's not like I'm hiding this conversation. They hear me on the phone. Right. The work never stops. You know, I think my son thinks he's ready to debate this, and you know, on the news. Uh, but he'd probably do a really great job. I by think the way. he would. <laughs> but they say the same. They're like, Dad, you know, we love you. We know you love us. It's okay because sometimes I say I'm traveling a lot. Like I know, Dad, but you know, it's important. And um, so. Hopefully they always hold on to that sentiment. 
I, I believe that they will. And, you you know, whenever you get, do get a chance to get home more, I know that they'll enjoy that as well. Yeah. So I'll end on this note. Let's talk about parenting for a minute. Because yeah. you talked about your son and his how you allow him to argue. And then you started to talk about sharing. And this was something that just recently <laughs> came into my purview as a parent. I'm like, I am today years old with grown children. Wished I would have known that. Yeah. About the concept of sharing and somebody else taking your toy and how you don't want to raise your kids like that. And I right. because that had just recently... Recently, you know, come onto my radar. I was like, hmm, let's talk a little bit more about okay. that. Okay, well, yeah. this is going to be a dangerous topic. I'm sure someone. <laughs> the most controversial yet. Of now, all the things of I do. Things. <laughs> this one, I'll probably lose millions of followers over this one. Um, it's okay. Millions Are you committed? Are you committed? I was going to say, those Look, who will stand. <laughs> I, I'm be, I was being honest last night, which is yeah. what you're bringing up, about, you know, when I think of parenting. Yeah. And my parents, my parents raised me, I said very consciously, I had really amazing parents that. Uh, I would say the number one theme in my house was question authority. You know, don't ever, my mom, my dad said, there's no teacher that overrides your instincts. There is no president, there's no leader, there's nobody that overrides. If you have an intuition, if there's something inside of you says it's wrong, you walk out of that room, we don't care who it is. And, and, and that's hard way to parent because you're really the only authority around most of the time. And so there's always that challenge. I challenge my parents all the time. It wasn't, and so I was saying, I do the same thing with my son. My yeah. sister was over recently and my son was challenging me on something I was trying to get him to do or whatever it was. And he was making a case and said, will you just do what your brother, because it was going on for a while. Yeah. I was like, will you just do what your dad's telling you? I said, whoa, 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 this is, this, is, this is not how this house works. Ever knows, and I've said to him, if you win the argument, this is this is a legal battle in here. If you can bring a strong enough argument, then it's yours. Yeah. And I will admit it. You know, and I'm teaching him. There's times where like he's won the argument. He keeps going. It's like, oh, now see, you just made a point that now works against your last point. Now you just lost your argument. So there's something to learn here. Once you've won your argument, shut up. You know, so it's it's like law school in our house. Um, but all of that being said, you know, there's things that it's hard to raise a kid that way. Um, both my kids are really smart, super precocious, however you want to say it. But I thought about a couple of things. I remember reading an article about this topic, and someone said they were sitting on an airplane, and um, at the ride, the there was a kid that was on there, maybe four years old, five years old, that had been sitting with a parent, and the the person next to them in the plane got up when the flight was over and turned to the parent and said, "What a lovely child you had. They were so well behaved. I was I didn't even know they existed." That's what people value, isn't right. it? And, and this article went on to say, is that, can you imagine, is that what you would want to be the description of your child in the business world? Your child was sitting in the meeting. I, you know, they're so well behaved. None of us even knew they were there. Um, that is not going to be a successful person. Mm -hmm. That is not someone that stands for anything. And yet that is sort of what, you know, the Norman Rockwell, this is how we raise our kids, you know seen but not heard antiseptic right and um, I'm not raising my kids that way good and I wasn't raised that way and it came down to the I know I'd, I heard on the radio there was a school that said you know we don't teach sharing uh, we don't teach sharing why is it if a kid is playing with a toy and someone walks up and says I want that toy yeah why should that child give it up why so you're passionate about something you're involved in it, and someone because they asked to take it from you you just give it away um, because sharing is not a problem. Like remember, it's not any toy. They didn't walk over the toy on the shelf. They walked to the one you're holding. Yeah. And now, you, and the parent says, "Share, share it." 
really, where in the world is that ever going to benefit that child? It's not. And I think the the fear, again, right, going back to the fear, it's how we were raised, all of our conditioning to be seen and not heard. We put that on our kids unconsciously. One of my my spiritual teachers, uh, Liana Shanti, she said, you know, I didn't raise my kids to share. And she said, and guess what? The fear is that they aren't going to be generous, loving, adoring people. But she said, my kids are always sharing yeah. they're always you know choosing i think it's the power of choice and giving right. them that autonomy right. is where that sovereignty lies and being able for them to make the choice that they want to not because they had to or they were told yeah. to and you know and the school is talking about like standing in line like they yeah. say don't cut in line don't cut in line stay in, you know, wait for your turn yeah. wait for your turn where in the business world has it ever been effective what successful person waits in line Right. You know, and that's what, like, in the work that I do, I do not, I cut in line. I walk right up to the senator. I don't care how many people, how many news cameras. I'm only successful if I get in there and I make sure that I'm heard. I mean, yeah. everything we do. So how many things are we doing with our kids that, sure, it keeps them from being arguing in the house. I don't have to listen to the bickering. I don't have to have my kid challenging me all the time. You know, the kids are all sharing with each other so they don't ever argue about what they care about. But what are they learning about their voice? What are they learning about their voice? What are they learning about their independence? What makes us spectacular, you know, as a whole, and I believe in the whole, the power of the whole, absolutely. We are essentially one body. We're just cells in one body. But that heart cell better do its freaking job. And don't be worrying about what the kidney cell is doing. You know what I mean? Focus on yourself. Really, honestly, I truly believe if we were a little bit more self-conscious, a little bit more self-focused, that we actually are more dependable as a species. And, and the, my secret weapon, really, is that I assume everyone's selfish. I do. That's human nature. You know, I, it, it's like being at a poker table. I know your goal here is to win. Yeah. And you're going to do whatever it takes to win. You know, I mean, there's nothing, you know, uh, ambivalent about it. Or like there, there, and when I deal with the world that way, it's easy. You're out for yourself. I'm out for myself. But in the end, we may have common interests, and then we'll be together on that. Right. Right. You know, I think we've we've over we're mandating morality, we're legislating morality, and that is a problem. We're outside of ourselves. We're doing things because other people said so. Other rules are yeah. saying it. I believe in the you know really the golden rule: do unto others as they would have them do unto you. And I live by that. So when people unless like unless you're Klaus Schwab, well, unless you're Klaus Schwab, <laughs> oh, well, there is a caveat: do unto others Thank you. as you'd have them do unto you. <laughs> Unless you're a masochist. It's <laughs> a great way. To, this is a great way to end this. I can't top that with anything. This downtime with Dell has been great. This uh, different side of Dell, whatever we want to call this. Right. I really appreciate you getting, uh, yeah, sitting down and having a good conversation. That was fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. You can find out what else is going on in my world by following on Instagram at the only Just Joni. On Facebook, just look up Homegrown Health and then on Twitter as well at HGH Radio. And thanks so much for listening.